Well, today's episode, we're gonna talk a little bit more about this idea of what if they're entitled or ungrateful. If it is present, it's very easy to notice. And more importantly, it does make it hard to spend time and build a relationship with someone. Like it is one of those really, really interesting red flags. So we'll talk all about it today. What's up, fam? It's JJ. This is a mini man. So Friday, we have two more episodes left and what's been a really, really awesome season. I didn't even know this many red flags existed, but here we are. Uh, and if that wasn't good enough for you, our episode next week is going to be a, a red flag buffet where we're just going to go topic by topic by topic, quick hitting. I think we have like 10 red flags in that episode and we're just going to give you our objective opinion. I think it's been really fun to hear from you guys about these episodes. Uh, and I think the one thing I have noticed that I probably appreciated the most is that you all and what I've heard and seen is people feel like they have the ability to evaluate now without completely writing someone off where what I saw in secular culture or love is blind or whatever show or Instagram reel I'm seeing is, Hey, red flag, AKA they're not perfect. And I'm just going to go ahead and write them off. Okay. Red flag here, red flag there. Bye. See you later. And then you got like the dumb and dumber, like, well, I'm sorry, Mr. Perfect. <laughs> okay, well, if you don't like dumb and dumber, this might not be the place for you, okay? Let me just say that up front. Well, today's episode, we're gonna talk a little bit more about this idea of what if they're entitled or ungrateful. And I love this because I would definitely prescribe this as a red flag, not necessarily a deal breaker, you know, in the sense of some of these core character issues or flaws, what I would call them, are very normal. And because you're a human being who is inherently selfish and looking out for yourself first, like this is a great character quality that we see in other people that is not really a deal breaker. Like it's kind of hard to walk away for someone for maybe displaying selfishness or being entitled or being ungrateful. Like it's not necessarily a primary reason why you decide to walk away or break up with someone. But if it is present, it's very easy to notice. And more importantly, it does make it hard to spend time and build a relationship with someone. Like it is one of those really, really interesting red flags. So we'll talk all about it today. It's a little bit less of if you see this run away, but hey, if you see this like the decision's yours on whether to stay or, you know, keep looking for someone else. That's really the objective for this one specifically. Now, that being said, we're going to go ahead and pause, do some housekeeping. Really, all I got is, hey, if you are wanting to come to Heart of Dating Conference, early bird sales end, and I think one week from today. So if you're hearing this, you got one week. If you are a dude and you want to come, hit me up on Instagram. We got the men coming. We got the Mog House popping. They're going to be spending New Year's together for that New Year's Eve and that whole entire weekend. It's going to be super fun. So if you feel like maybe dipping out from family, you want to actually have a fun New Year's, which 
By the way, totally 100% agree, most overrated holiday by far and away is New Year's. If you're doing the normal everyday New Year thing, it is definitely an overrated holiday. That being said, if you actually have people you really enjoy, you guys actually do fun things together that you've planned out that's not just going to the most overpacked bar, paying a $75 cover and hanging out, then New Year's is super fun. Now, lastly, what I would just cover as far as what I'm loving, I'll keep this one brief today, but listen, we're in the trust tree. In the first year of marriage, I have finally busted out something that's been on the shelf and it was actually Kate's idea, and it's been really fun, but I busted out the Nintendo Switch, and I love it. The Switch is so much fun. I just got my first controller for it. I've been playing Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Don't tell Kate, but I've been playing by myself when she's not looking, and it's a lot of fun. So I think I'm nervous about, you know, I'm the kind of guy, if I really like something and it's super fun, I'm going to go hard until it's an issue for me. So for me, it's a little bit of a personal test. Can I, can I do this in moderation without, you know, going overboard? So shout out to my Nintendo Switch. I love it. And if you guys have any recommendations on games, I'm totally down to listen. Okay, so today's episode, um, you know, what's funny is to preface this one, I love, seriously, I love to go to Reddit and type in a question because I can get about 30 or 40 different people asking the same question. And if I boil down the one story I saw over and over and over again, it was this. Hey there, me and my girlfriend have been dating for about a year or two. We actually have a really awesome relationship. We have a lot of fun with each other. We share a lot of similar interests and hobbies. I actually think she's super, super kind and fun. But that being said, I have a really hard time getting over this attitude of what I would call entitlement. Or she's just not very grateful. She might have came for money. She might have had parents who told her that she's very, very special. It's just when I try and do things for her, it's never enough. She's always coming across as wanting more and more and more, I can never satisfy her. She's never happy. She's never pleased. And that's like the negative side of a relationship. So we have these really awesome things that I enjoy. And then we have these negatives. So I just don't know whether or not if it's a deal breaker and I just need help kind of assessing this situation. And I hear that because, you know, I don't know if we encounter people who are entitled enough that from the first meeting, it really comes to the surface and we walk away saying, I don't want to spend another second with that person. I mean, maybe in LA, maybe you meet like one of these princesses or princes and you're just like, okay, I'm going to pray for them and I do not ever plan or care to see them again. Okay. <laughs> I think when it comes to dating, Sometimes the entitlement and the ungratefulness is not clear up front, but it shines over time. And you really kind of hit this core attitude of entitlement or what I would just say the most dangerous 
two words of humanity, which is, I deserve. Every time I hear those two words internally, I cringe. I really, really do cringe. Now, there's another side of the spectrum that I've heard before in the Bible Belt, which is like, all I deserve is death. And it's a stark reality. Like, I think from a realistic biblical perspective, which should impact our worldview, which your worldview should impact how you act and operate. The word deserve as a human being who has sinned and fallen short. That word as Christians should mean something very different. And I'm not talking about like soft Christianity. I'm saying genuinely as Christians, the D word deserve really should have one meaning and purpose for us, which is that I deserve something much worse than I get to live on a daily basis. Christian or not, we are all living in a world where if we had to get sentenced, like our verdict came down from heaven on whether or not you're a good person, whether or not you deserve to go into heaven, the word deserve should stop us dead in our tracks and should hold significant meaning, which would basically say, I deserve not just nothing. I deserve God's judgment and wrath for how I have fallen short and sinned against him. That really is what the word should mean for us. So when I encounter the word deserve and this kind of like self-help Christianity, feel good ecosystem environment that we found ourselves in, personally, I have a really, really hard time. Because as Christians, this word can't mean anything else for us. Like we don't have a choice but to define it once we understand the gospel and what it means about the reality of life. So when we talk about entitlement, it's really hard because there are areas of all of our lives, mine included, like when it comes to sports or football or having fun, like there are works in progress in my life where it does not reflect the gospel. It does not reflect a totally surrendered position to God. And I am I am perfect and mature and sanctified in that area. So to encounter someone who might be entitled and also a Christian, it doesn't mean that they're not a Christian. But for me, as far as red flags go, I think it is a really big red flag because of what it indicates about their emotional and spiritual lens of how they stand in life. Because at the core of entitlement, they are essentially, their attitude is that they deserve something because they are owed something. And this is where it gets really interesting Sometimes, like, if you work 40 hours a week, you have earned your wage. You deserve it because that was the agreement you made and you have earned it. Entitlement, you are entitled to your wages. And then sometimes there's this, like, other special unique entitlement where it's just for breathing and being a human being. 
you have earned and deserve special treatment or special respect or special love and affection and compassion from somebody else. And honestly, there's a big difference between the two, but I think entitlement is a big deal whether it is earned just like your wages or it's completely unearned. Because I think, you know, I hate to get this nitty gritty, but the reality is that in order for you to be entitled, in order for you to think that you were owed something or deserve something, you have to keep score. You have to keep receipts. You have to keep a tally. And I think for me, someone who is very good at keeping score, very good at keeping receipts, um, there is wisdom in that. Like you've given me your word. I'm not just going to easily forget about this and go on naively about life and just, oh, don't worry about it. It's in the wind. You're forgiven. Like if someone is displaying an errant or dangerous behavior attitude, you have a teacher in the church or someone who is acting a fool and causing tons of damage to the people around them. It's not wise or kind to that person, to everyone around them to just say, oh, no, it's not a big deal. Like it's really wise and pertinent to say, this is not okay. And there's accountability for this. And while we're on earth, Though you can be forgiven and there is reconciliation, reconciliation is not reconciliation until there has been justification, right? There has been a sentencing, there has been some sort of judgment and verdict on what we're going to do about this moving forward. Then you can achieve that full reconciliation process. So the idea of entitlement for me actually starts spiritually and then extends and overflows into all areas of their life into their job. I'm in, I'm entitled to this position. I'm entitled to this treatment. I'm entitled to, you know, be unaffected by the layoffs. And then it extends to family. Like I'm entitled for you to treat me nicely. I'm entitled for you to put me first. I'm entitled for you to respect all of me and all of my feelings. Like everything around them is entitled to their boundaries to how they operate, like there's no autonomy for people to just exist outside of their entitlement. And the ironic part and the interesting thing about entitlement for me is it's a lot of things. It is selfishness coming to the surface. Uh, it's it's also um, what I would say probably arrogance because the idea is they are always right and their world doesn't exist. It can't exist if they're wrong because that means they will not get what they want, which is really their chief aim, is getting what they want. And entitlement is one of those most demonstrative characteristics of selfishness, which we all have. But, you know, entitlement, and think about how it plays out. You are so thoughtless. I cannot believe you didn't think of me when you were going through this. Like, why don't you prioritize me more or do this for me? Like, you have let me down. You have blood on your hands. You didn't treat me this way or treat me to this experience or give me what I wanted. You are in the wrong and I'm in the right. And there's no other reality 
that I'm willing to entertain, right? I'm not going to put myself in your shoes. I'm not going to think about the perspective you just offered me. I'm not going to entertain any other story except for that I am right, that this is true, and I'm not going to depart from my truth. And, you know, what's really interesting about entitlement is, you know, the common question, the question they're always asking and prioritizing is, what do I get out of this? What do I get out of this? Or in retrospect, what did I not get out of this? that I'm not happy about. And I'm going to let you know because I'm not happy. And if you are dealing with someone who's entitled, every opportunity, every hobby, every interest, everything that's offered to them, look for this question. Are they entertaining it? What am I going to get out of this? And if I don't get something out of this, then... I'm not going to do it because entitled peoples don't do things that they're going to get nothing out of. Entitled people do not do things that they get nothing out of. And that's the core issue. Entitled people can't truly serve other people because they can only serve themselves. They can only serve themselves. And so for me, if I find someone who can genuinely serve another person, offer somebody something, give something away, and get nothing out of it, even to the point where they don't even try to feel good about themselves because it's just so simple of a gift or letting go of or serving of, that for me is humility. I think you know what's really interesting about humility is that it's rooted in gratefulness and on the flip side, entitlement is actually rooted in ungratefulness. Because if you think you deserve something, guess what? You won't be grateful for it. If you think you deserve to breathe the air that you're breathing right now, you're not very grateful for it. If you think that you worked 40 hours and you get paid 40 hours at your job because you earned it, you're not really sitting there saying, I'm so grateful I got paid with this week. I'm, I am so grateful for my career, my job, my paycheck. No, if, if I am like, I worked myself into that job, I worked myself into the promotion, I have labored for years and years for the expertise and the career that I have, I'm getting paid every dollar that I'm deserved and owed. Where's the gratefulness in any of that? Do you hear it? Because I don't. It's the idea that entitlement is rooted in ungratefulness. And the foundation of entitlement in ungratefulness is this. The, found, the very foundation on which is built. What you have is not enough. What, you, what they have, if you're dealing with an entitled person, an ungrateful person, they start at this. What I have is not enough because the other end the opposite of that is this through deep satisfaction and completion i am grateful and great and gratefulness is a choice like i'm going to purposely wake up today and start and choose to be grateful because i know it does not happen naturally but 
at the same time, when I live in a life that is rooted in this, I deserve nothing and everything, including the air I breathe, including the job I get to go to, including the wage I'm given, the food I eat, the experience I live, it is all an undeserved gift and I'm going to deeply enjoy it. Guess what? I think that the byproduct of deep satisfaction is gratitude. It really is gratitude. If if I give you a million dollars and you've done nothing to deserve it, I don't have to tell you to be grateful. <laughs> you are going to be so excited and amped up as you receive it that the byproduct, you're not saying, okay, I'm going to take this thousand million dollars and I'm going to let this person know I'm going to choose to be grateful once I receive it. No, the reality is that the delight and an undeserved, unexpected gift that you've done nothing to receive, the deep byproduct of deep satisfaction is gratitude. And that's the connection between entitlement and ungratefulness. Like both are deeply unsatisfied with what they have. It's impossible to be entitled and deeply satisfied and grateful with what you have. It's impossible. You cannot be entitled if you're deeply satisfied and grateful for what you have. So really, entitledness is deeply interconnected with gratitude. Now, just on ungratefulness or gratitude, lack of gratitude, however you want to say it, there is a reality where it comes to love languages that couples encounter. Like, if gift-giving is a big... value for you. That is one of your love languages. And your spouse or your partner doesn't value gifts. When you give them a gift, they're not going to be deeply thrilled or grateful. Now, does that mean they're ungrateful as a person? Not necessarily. But I do think, you know, the most pertinent and clear reaction of someone who's grateful is, especially when they get what they want, how do they respond? When they get especially what they want, the deep affection, the deep love language that they crave and desire, how do they respond? If that is still a half-hearted response or a very underwhelming thank you with no reciprocity or no meaningfulness, that for me is a red flag because... That is an that is the entitled attitude of, well, of course you would do this for me. Of course you would buy me this. Of course you would go above and beyond here because I asked you to. And that's what you're supposed to do or that's what you owe me or that's what I deserve. So I'm not going to go out of my way to say thank you or really let you know how grateful I am because that's what you're supposed to do. Now, I think there's like basic... <sighs> There are basic things in a relationship that you are called to do. Like it is, you are called to do these things in a relationship. But even if it's a basic thing, I think the most healthy relationships are still rooted in a reality of gratefulness. That you are doing even the little things, the fundamental things. And I'm going to let you know that I'm just really grateful. You know, Kate, a great example. She unloads and loads the dishwasher every single morning. Like it is part of her morning routine. Now I could sit here and say, well, that's just part of her job. Like, you know, we're both doing things around the house. 
I'm not getting to thank you for taking out the trash every day. I'm not going to thank you for filling up the water filter every day. But I think the most healthy relationships are rooted in gratitude that you take nothing that they do for granted. You does you could easily have a spouse that doesn't do any of those things, or you could have a spouse that does a million of these things. Regardless, we're not playing a comparison game here. I just want to let you know, sweetheart, partner, boyfriend, girlfriend, that I am genuinely grateful. And it means the world to me that you do even these little things for me. And I do see them. And I just want to let you know, like, they mean the world to me. And I really want to validate you. That for me is a healthy relationship that's rooted in gratefulness from the littlest things to, I think the major things are easy to be grateful about. Now, I'm just going to end this episode on this note. Because I could definitely see this episode getting to the hands of a young man who is trying to be wise and intelligent and break down his partner's uh, behaviors and habits from his car because he listened to one podcast and now he thinks that he has uh, authority and autonomy to go in there, lay down the law, and get things done. I would just say as a side note, as a caveat, especially for the man, but you know, women, this obviously applies to you too, is this. If a girl expresses, I want more of this, you need to come through more here for me. You are not giving me this. It is so easy for you to think of this episode and immediately stop and pause and say, well, you see in my head, you're just being so entitled. You are so ungrateful of what I do. I go, if you and I can listen, my hands have blood on them. When Kate gives me feedback, just like breathing, the first thing I do is what? I think of a list of a thousand things that I've done for her. And in the same breath, I remember what I've done. I've done this. I've done this. Listen. We as men need to be always, always, always be in a place of such deep humility that we can hear any feedback, any feedback. And then we ask ourselves these questions. Is there any way that this is true? Is there any way that the needs, the desires, the feedback of where I'm falling short which who likes to hear that they're falling short right now. But if we are genuinely humble enough, we can hear feedback. That might be true. It might not. But either way, it's not going to offend us, right? We want to be so unoffendable that I can listen to your feedback. I can ask myself, is this true? I can ask her, hey, do you, is this really true? You really feel this way? Okay. I can take a step back. I can really evaluate. I can talk with a friend or a counselor. And then when she keeps saying it, maybe next week or a month later, it comes up again. Hey, I told you I need more of this. You are falling short because you are not giving me this. And I've asked you 10 times. We've talked about this a hundred times. I, I really want this to be part of our routine. I really desire this from you. And you're not fulfilling it. Well, I would just ask you before you before you get into the defensive, ask yourself in your mind, in your journal as you walk away, JJ, 
Have you genuinely given 100% of your best effort to listen, come up with a plan, and get back with a detailed effort about what you're going to do about this? Like, have you just given a lip service, waited a month for it to become a problem again, say I'm sorry, and then kind of half-heartedly tackle it? Or have you genuinely sat, thought of a system that won't allow you to fail and committed to it? Right? Like, I get it. Feedback, especially from a girl who's not happy, is never fun. Okay, but that doesn't mean we get to discard their opinion. It doesn't mean we get to just discard their requests. And I would just encourage you before we have the ability to evaluate whether it's entitlement or they're ungrateful, before you go there in your mind, before you start looking at them and pointing the finger and start assigning some narrative that sounds really great and lets you off the hook, ask yourself, have you really done something to try and address their desire or have you written it off before you've even try to do something. And if and if that's not good enough, then seek out a professional opinion. Find a guy who's more mature than you and who's also going to be honest with you and say, JJ, listen, man, she's got a good point. I, I can't tell you. Sometimes I really need that. Like I do not show up well for Kate. She gives me feedback. She said, I will come up with every creative excuse in the world to get off the hook. But when I go talk to a guy especially one who's older than me, who has authority in my life, who's been married longer than me, and I explain the situation, I will come away from that discussion more (laughs) on Kate's team, more in agreement with her feedback than any other time in my life, okay? So sometimes we do just need to be told straight up, hey, you're making this about you. Like, she's actually got a great point, and you need to deliver here. And sometimes as a guide, that's the worst thing we want to hear, but it's the absolute thing that we need to hear. So I love you guys. I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. It was really fun for me. I love you all, and I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>